Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shamai, hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm your host, Sam Cook. Over the next half an hour, you'll be hearing from some of this country's biggest stars. From where they got their big break, the struggles that they may have faced along the way. In this week's episode, I'll be putting actor Tom Cullen in the spotlight. First off, Tom, how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. I'm I'm good. Um, I'm a little tired. Um, I have a toddler who is so energetic and uh also trying to I'm I'm doing my own I'm doing my garden at the moment so I'm I am uh looking after a toddler and digging all day I'm doing quite a big project in the garden um so I'm pretty tired but I'm, other than that I'm good Where, whereabouts are you in the world currently I'm London East London you're in London but um much like myself you, you're a Cardiff lad and uh, Tom, I've actually got something to uh, announce to you. We actually went to the same high school. Oh, did you go to Lanish and High? I went to Lanish and High. Yeah. Oh, how how old are you then? So I'm 26 right now. Oh, okay. So I was there decades before you. What are your memories of Lanish and? Um, it leaking when it rained. And having to stand at the back of the classroom sometimes because the classes were so big. And uh, whenever you got caught in trouble, we used to say, this is terrible, everyone, because the t- school was so big, right? It's the biggest school in, in Wales. Is it? Uh, Lanishan, I think. I yeah. It's enormous. I thought that was Cardiff yeah, High. Most... No, I think Lanishan's bigger. It's 2,000 plus students, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's massive. Two hundred and fifty people were in my year, or something. I mean, it was just—it was absolutely insane. Um, uh, and I—I I, I actually grew up in Mid Wales, so I was born in Aberystwyth, but I grew up in Llandrindod, Wales, which is this really small town of like two thousand people. So I went from a, living in a town of two thousand people to being in a high school of two thousand people. It was a real, a real kind of culture shock for me. Um, but my memories are good generally. I don't really. I mean, what do I remember? Not not a huge amount. <laughs> it's like me um, though. I find that once you passed a certain amount of time away from Flanishin, you just sort of forget about it. It's gone. I mean, I remember it. I just like, like I remember stupid things. I was just saying, like there was a guy in our year called Jamie Pine who I didn't. I didn't even know Jamie Pine. I think I've had like two conversations with him, but. Whenever you were in trouble and a teacher didn't know you, they'd be like, who are you? What's your name? And you just used to say Jamie Pine. I don't know what he's doing now. Um, But, yeah, early days, that's what I remember. And they had a drama department there with a a teacher called Mrs. Smith, who was really encouraging at the time for me. Um, It gave me a lot of confidence to go into acting 
although it took, still took me a while to kind of get there. It's actually quite funny because I remember in our d- drama department, when, when I was at Slanishin, the drama teachers would all go, look at Tom Cullen, look how well he's doing. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, well, you could be like that. You were somewhat of, a, uh, <laughs> you were somewhat of an idol for the students of Slanishin during my year. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I guess, right. So, yeah, I guess when you were still there, I would have been in my mid-twenties, which is when I, I think I got my first proper, like, acting job. But I first kind of left drama school when I was about 23, 24. So you would have been, yeah, you would have been just starting, I guess, 13. Do you reckon there was a moment during your time at Lanishin or when you went to uh, the, the Royal Welsh College where you sort of knew that acting was going to be the career that you, you wanted to follow? When was that moment for you? Well, my so my parents, I live, I, I live in East London and I weirdly live in the area that my parents met um, and they met in a community, in a theatre uh, in this area uh, that I live in. Um, they were both actors and um there was a theatre company in Wales called Theatre Powys um which is in Powys funnily enough in London Dodd and so they moved from East London to uh London Dodds to work in theatre and they were doing what's called TIE which stands for theatre and education which in the 80s was kind of like this revolutionary style of theatre and they really, you know, their their kind of whole mo was to try and help people and reach young people in order to kind of change the world. That was that kind of felt like what was possible in the eighties, I think. And so I actually kind of grew up in a rehearsal room. Um, I was surrounded by actors. I was surrounded by my parents. My my, my parents actually both stopped acting before I was born I think um and they they were both writers and directors so my primary school was next door to the theatre so uh, the rehearsal space as soon as I finished school I would kind of have to go and sit in and watch these actors act and I just kind of like fell completely in love with it um and I just I think seeing adults still be kids I was fascinated by it you know, I was like, this is, adults aren't supposed to do that. And I, I definitely, it kind of like infected me, I guess. It was a special place to grow up. But then moved to Cardiff and, you know, went to Lanishan. And Lanishan is, is is the kind of kind of antithesis of that in some ways. You know, it's, uh, it's not a, you know, it's not a very arty high school, is it? And I had some stuff going on at home when I was a teenager and, um, and I just kind of like moved further and further away from acting, actually. And it, uh, my confidence was very low. And um, a lot of my teens and my early 20s was actually about me trying to get back to that kid who um, who was in those rehearsal rooms at the age of five and six, you know, seven years old, and uh, kind of reconnect to that that magic and the confidence to do it it took me I, I really lacked confidence in believing that I could um I could be an actor so that's why I went to drama school much later than I than I uh than most people did you know I was I think I was the eldest in my year 
um, there were some people who'd gone to university and then still gone to drama school. I think I was about the same age as them. It took me a while to get there. And I think I got my first acting job when I was, I think I was 23, 24. And I haven't looked back. It's been you know, it's the best decision I, I ever made. It's a famously cutthroat industry, the acting industry. Did your parents ever warn you about that? Not really. I mean, like, I think because I watched my parents struggle. You know, my parents, they weren't, they were working in local theatres, you know, like, we 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 didn't have a lot of money as a kid, you know, I think. Uh, my, my dad, you know, I grew up on a, on a little council estate in, 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 because that's what they could afford. Um, but my mum, actually, she, she managed, she had bought a house in Hackney for like 20p in the early 80s so she'd sold that she had a bit of money so she 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 had she had a big house my parents divorced so but but you know I I watched my parents struggle my dad especially and and they were you know we'd often have conversations which were you know we're not going to be able to go on holiday this year or um you know that that was that was a very normal conversation so I wasn't like thinking that I was going to go into an industry and it was just going to be like you know r- roses and sunshine and rainbows I think from a young age I, I knew the realities of how hard it was and, and and for that reason I had very little expectations that you know that I'd be able to make a living out of it necessarily um it was definitely going in there just because of love um rather than thinking that I was going to go in and change the world or anything. You know, I just, um, I just went, I, I think that was quite healthily. I went in with my eyes open and I went in because there was nothing else that I could do. Um, and my parents did, didn't try to dissuade me from doing it. I think that they saw that I was unhappy trying to do other things. I was struggling. I was depressed. I was not happy. And it was the moment that I chose to go to, drama school was the moment that I became much more kind of connected to myself and I think my parents probably seeing that were just relieved that I was uh, I wasn't um, uh, low anymore. The Royal Welsh College is a famously difficult drama school to get into you constantly hear stories of people who failed their audition and you know didn't get a place that year that must have been amazing when you actually when you actually got in I think drama schools I think are like more competitive to get into than Cambridge and Oxford um I don't know the numbers but I think that people apply in the thousands for like 20 places it's it's really competitive I actually went to um the Central School of Speech in London first um, and I got kicked out after a year Um, and I the way that I got into Welsh College is that I very cheekily called up the head of acting Dave Bond and I got into Welsh College the year previously and um, I said look I'm 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 leaving Central School of Speech and Drama do you think there might be a a place for me he was like dude you know the term starts in a month and a half uh, you haven't auditioned and I was like uh, yeah and he said let's go have come for a coffee and we had a coffee and luckily he for some reason decided to take me on um 
despite not having um, auditioned that year. It was very, very lucky. I'd got kicked out of Central um, just because, the, to be honest, the teaching was so bad. And as I said, my parents didn't have a lot of money, you know, and they were supporting me through it, paying my rent. And the teaching was so awful that sometimes, like, teachers would just come and go. Sometimes the teacher wouldn't show up and... And uh, I told them, I mean, and also, you know, I was like, I'd come from working and I found their whole, the way that they talked to us really strange. And uh, I was probably a bit chopsy. <laughs> um, and I think they just were like, we, we don't want to handle this guy. And so I went to Welsh college and um, they knew exactly how to handle me. And, um, and they talked to me like I was a human being and, uh, and it was the most transformative time of my life, actually, being there. It was magical. And a lot of people listening to this will, of course, remember you for your stint on Downton Abbey, which in itself was a cult status program. People adored it. What was it like being involved in something like that? Firstly, I didn't have a massive part in it. And I, and I joined... I can't remember which season I joined in. I think maybe season three or four. Uh, I, I can't remember. Um, but by the time I joined, you know, it was it was this kind of massive juggernaut pelting down the the highway, and you either, you know, you had to really cling on to to um, to survive on that show. Um, and it was a really eye-opening experience, you know. It was um, it's a very different world than what I'd been doing previously, which was I'd been doing uh, kind of independent films, and um, um, and yeah, you know, like you end up at the Golden Globes and the the Emmys and the SAG Awards and all these kind of like um, massive, high-profile American uh, award shows and magazine shoots and you know it was it was um it was a lot of fun and everyone on it was fantastic and it was it was a kind of it was fun to be a to be a a very very small part in a very you know cog in a very very big machine um yeah I look back on it fondly and I suppose to some extent you experienced a similar thing with Nightfall but were you kind of because you'd been in Downton Abbey and you'd been in bigger productions? Were you more inept to to handle that kind of eyes on your life? Yeah, I just think that that's human condition. I think that we process things really quickly and can normalise things quite fast. So yeah, by the time I was like doing something like Nightfall, I was where which I get, I, I was the the lead on that show. Um, I, I everything and I kind of like definitely taken that stuff as just being in my stride I'd done quite a few bits by then it just you know it's it's, it's pretty mad how, how quickly you normalize those things you know I remember the first time I was on a big tv set it was my first kind of t- big tv job and we were in Budapest for six months and just everything on that set just blew my mind like you know every crane with a massive light on it for a night scene or the hundreds of extras or that you know they built an entire town you know and I just my jaw was just on the floor the entire time for the whole six months couldn't believe the things that I was seeing 
But then, you know, as, as you work, you just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's just what it's like. And by the time I did Nightfall, it was very, it was very, um, it'd take a lot to shock me. But even then, like the opening, um, the opening scenes that we shot for that, we uh, were shot in Dubrovnik and we took over this old fort in Dubrovnik and they built these two massive uh, crusader ships that sunk and could sail out and there were explosions going off and hundreds of extras it it was you know even then you're just like what the this is just crazy it, it's it's a surreal experience that you kind of have to normalize i guess because otherwise i think you just become quite overwhelmed um especially when you know you're one of the lead characters because the pressure is enormous that you know when you've got you know when an episode is millions of pounds an episode, you, you, you know, you really don't want to F that up. <laughs> so you yeah. kind of just have to be like, this is normal. This is normal. I'm just going to kind of go and do my job. But it, even now, every now and then, you know, I'll be on a set and something will happen and I'll just pinch myself. Like I'm about to shoot uh, a, a show with um, Michael Sheen directing it. And one of my best mates is the DOP on it. And, uh, there's a scene, I won't give it away too much, but uh, that's going to take place on the Seven Bridge. So they're going to have to close the Seven Bridge, you know. Like that's, that is absolutely mad. You know, things like that still shock me, you know. And then in 2019, you very much swapped to the other side of the camera with your directorial debut, uh, Pink Wall. Um, how, how was that process? Yeah, I mean, it's something that I'd always wanted to do. As I said, you know, I watched my parents in rehearsal rooms. They're both directors. So I think in terms of like my artistic vocabulary, I think that directing is probably I'm a lot more versed in, I guess. Um, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. I, I I do like acting, but there's lots, big parts of it that I find really difficult. Like even this, to be honest, you know, I find the interview stuff quite hard and it's taken me a long time to learn how to be myself in front in, with interviews and even then I struggle I find the 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 lack of anonymity quite difficult with acting you know that um especially during like Downton Abbey you know I'd be in the pub and somebody would just come up to me put their arm around me and take a picture be like thanks and then walk away you know I, I found I found that quite intrusive and and it's just difficult to get my head around um so there's something about being on the other side of the camera that for me is a lot more calming and, and relaxing. Um, but also I, I love to be a lot more creative with acting. There's, there's kind of, there are kind of specific parameters with which you can be creative. You know, you have your script, you have your direction, you know, you have your costume and then you, you have, you know, you, you design the character but when you're directing and writing it's everything you are building the world um you are shaping it you know you are the sculptor i guess and and that's something that really appeals to me i guess because i'm a f-ing control freak or something but um um it's it's something that really appealed to me and something that I, i'd always wanted to do and I, I loved it and i think that it's something that i really want to do a lot more of in the future um I'm currently in the middle of writing two films and have been for the last like, four years. Um, it's just hard to get them finished at the moment. 
Do you enjoy the other side of acting, the, the press bit and all that other stuff, the anonymity stuff? Because the, I sort of sympathise with actors and kind of people on that side of things because, you know, you're having to answer the same questions all the time. <laughs> yeah, I've been answering the same. You know, when you're doing like a press tour and you're doing like days of interviews back to back and every interviewer, for their magazine has to ask you the same questions. They have to, you know, they have to ask you who's your character, what's it about, what was your favourite parts of it, you know. So it, it does get boring. But look, I'm not going to complain. You know, it's it's um, it's part of it. But, I, you know, the thing is, I didn't fall in love with acting um, because, because I wanted to do interviews. Mm. You know, the reason I loved acting was because I liked being other people, not myself. Um and so it's been a it's been a byproduct of wanting to work on great projects. You know, like the better the project you work on with the better people, the more chances there are that you're going to have to do the the press side of stuff. So, you know, it, it is it is a kind of exchange, and it's not something that when you're in drama school you ever. I mean, personally, that I ever thought about. Um, and um, I'm incredibly grateful for my career um, and. Uh, and so I just kind of, you know, you just have to kind of take it. I often see people when, when uh, you know, when especially like the uber famous who have zero anonymity, you know, I can still go to the pub and it's not a problem at all, you know, but I do have friends who really can't do that. And it's, and it is, it is an issue. And I, you want, you know, once you're famous, that famous, you can't undo it. You're, you're, that's forever, and that's not necessarily when you're in your early twenties. You realise that, and and you know, I see people in the general public sometimes who aren't famous who haven't experienced that that kind of intrusive level of um, uh, of fame, um, maybe not understand it fully. But then again, you know, it is it is an honour, you know, like um, to be able to to work on those kind of projects. So it's it's um it's an exchange and it's something that I I've definitely got my head around but I've also chosen to like avoid it a little bit as well you know I think that you engage with with that side of things as much as you want to I think pr- probably press and doing interviews and magazine stuff is helpful for your career but it's not something that um I necessarily kind of Court. I'm very happy to talk to you know you guys because I'm Welsh and I'm very proudly Welsh and I'll do anything to support Wales and I'll I know I also I don't know just as, as soon as somebody Welsh kind of asks me to do anything I'm just like yes it's time. like it's like that with anyone though isn't it like you know whenever I'm sort of going to someone who is Welsh and asking them whether they'll do an interview it's like uh, well that's going to come on to my next question actually BAFTA Cymru and uh, people will walk down the red carpet and you're interviewing the red carpet and you just know that you're going to have a better conversation with someone who is Welsh because you will sort of understand each other. Um, For and, sure. And uh, so so move, moving on to my next question, uh, Tom, is there anything that you haven't done that you would like to do next? Because the Broccolis are currently searching for a new James Bond and I think you'd fill that role fantastically. <laughs> I don't think I'll be getting a call for James Bond anytime soon. Never um, know. It happened to Timothy sure. Dalton. And That's he was true. 
Yeah, we need another Welsh plant. Um, no, I've got my money on, on somebody who I think would be great, but I'm not going to say who it is. Um, but... Uh, is he Welsh? Um, no, sadly not. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but um, I'd love to do a play. I've never done a play. Um, I mean, I did plays in drama school, but my career is just kind of, I think, and I think it's the, the way that I act. It's much more kind of like uh, lends itself to screen. Um, but yeah, I'd really love to do a play. Um, I, uh, I, was, I was supposed to do a play um, with Hayley Atwell years ago on, on, on uh, in the West End, but she got this tiny little film called Captain America. And unfortunately like that, that fell through. Um, um and that was the only kind of time that i've ever i've ever come close to doing one um but i mean uh my friend romela garai and uh a, a wonderful writer friend of ours Anya reese are potentially putting something together to do next year so that would be very very exciting um but no not really i mean i like to be surprised you know um by projects um I just like really good characters. I like working with different people. Um, I don't, I don't really kind of like in the sense of. Uh, I was going to say I'm not particularly ambitious. I, I'm of course I'm ambitious, but I'm not like in X amount of years I want to be doing that, and this is what I want to do. I'm, I'm very happy to kind of like be surprised. Um, yeah. And I'm just, to be honest, I'm just grateful. You know, I'm not like, uh, I'm not uh, looking at my career wishing that I, uh, I was somewhere else or was doing something else. We always end these podcasts with two questions. The first of which, if you had to tell your younger self something, knowing what you know now, what would it be? Yeah. Oh, my God. It would be like a, a full day conversation of, of sitting my younger self down being dudes. <laughs> dude i mean you, you I, like you'll kind of get there but you got a lot of work to do man i think if i like, well, what kind of age are you talking do you think young when you say Ooh. younger self no one's ever asked me that question if i'm honest <laughs> um because there are different things i'd say to 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 myself at different ages if i could say something to my teenage self i think i would say like believe in yourself you know trust yourself and life's hard and it happens and it's important to like not ignore that but it's also important to know that the stuff that happens to you isn't you it isn't you you know um uh and that you can be anything that you want to be if you really want to try and you know something just 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 go for it and the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out and that's okay. You know, like failure is so important. And actually I think failure is the wrong word. I think like there is no failure, you know, there's just learning. Um, don't be scared to try things. Yeah, that would be it. I think go for it. And with all that in mind, what would you like to see happen next? If for me, mm -hmm. personally, I'm going to say 
12 hours sleep a night for the next month. How exciting. That's brilliant. Yeah. Obviously, you know, that'll make you fresh (laughs) for work the next day. You'll be feeling great. (laughs) Tom, thank you. Sunshine actually would be nice. We've been getting great sunshine here in Cardiff. You're in the wrong city. Shouldn't have left. The sun's out today, actually. Yeah. Some sunshine for everyone. A really nice summer for, for everyone next would be lovely. Definitely. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining me. I wish you all the best in whatever you're doing next. From all of us, thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of In the Spotlight. For more TV and showbiz news, subscribe to our newsletter on walesonline.co.uk. 